Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the World. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And in today's podcast episode, we are continuing this series where I am giving you an introduction into the folks, the amazing superstars that will be speaking at the Free the Dream conference coming up on September 7th, 8th, and 9th in Franklin, Tennessee. Now, today's guest on the show should need no introduction, except for the fact that there, I do realize over the last several months, there are a lot of brand new folks to this community. You haven't been listening to me since the beginning, the early days, the early years of this business. And I just want to tell you real, a real quick story about a man named Dan Miller. And I got to say this, I was really struggling in the earliest days of my business. And the biggest struggle that I had was charging people money for the work that I was doing in my new business. And the reason I struggled is because I loved what I was doing so much that it felt like I was charging people money for me to play around and have fun all day. And there was a whole mindset issue that completely needed to be radically altered. And I read this book called 48 Days to the Work You Love as a result of hearing Dave Ramsey on his radio show talk about this book all the time. His friend Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And eventually I'm like, okay, he's given this book away to so many people on a show. When I say he, Dave Ramsey with people who are really struggling with the kind of stuff that I say I'm struggling with, maybe I ought to get myself that book. And I read the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, and my life was radically, profoundly changed as a result of it. My mindset shifted instantaneously to the point where I finally felt awesome about charging people for the work that I was doing. And I no longer had any guilt associated with invoicing people for this work that I loved to do so much. In fact, I felt awesome about it. And I encourage you, by the way, to go grab yourself a copy of the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. 48 Days to the Work You Love. Anyway, one of the things that I, I've, I've always been into personal development, personal growth, learning new insights from people out there. And it was back in 2009... I'm actually going to look it up. If I go to mindsetanswerman.com slash Dan Miller, I'm going to look up the date on this particular podcast episode. Actually, it was December of 2009. I had discovered this formula for how to achieve any goal you want in life. In fact, it's going to be one of the talks that I give at the Free the Dream conference, and it's an updated and expanded version of this of this formula for how to achieve any goal that you want in life, and it's beyond what I've actually shared previously even in this podcast episode, so it's going to be a great talk at Free the Dream. But anyway, 
in the in even in its rawest form, which it used to be a four-step formula, which is number one, believe it's possible. Number two, write it down. Number three, tell others. And number four, uh, work the plan as it becomes available. That was the original teaching that I had heard. And I'm like, I wonder if I can just put this to the test. And I said, okay, I have a goal. I'd love to meet Dan Miller. And I don't mean just meet him. I would love to have a conversation with Dan Miller beyond that where which where you go to a conference, stand in line, and you're one of 50 people who shake his hand after he's talked uh, at the event. And basically, everybody says the same thing. You've had a profound impact on my life. And there's no way he's going to remember me out of all of those 50 people. I want to be able to have a conversation and let him know he's really had an impact on me. And, and, it, and I really feel like there's something special about how many people I've been able to help as a result of him helping me. And, and I, I just, I really want an opportunity to connect with Dan on a, on a level where he would maybe even remember me after our conversation. Sounds crazy, whatever, but that's my goal. So number one, I asked myself, is it, is it possible? Yes, I do believe this is possible. Well, step number two is write it down. And so I wrote it down as it was my goal. So I actually wrote down, this is my goal. And then number three was to tell other people about it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me hit record on a podcast episode and tell people what my goals were. So I recorded a podcast episode where I talked about this new formula that I found. And I said, and here are my goals. And I listed a several goals, but one of the goals that I met, mentioned was Dan Miller. And I was just as detailed about how how detailed I wanted that goal to be, what it would take for that goal to be fulfilled in that podcast episode, and I published it. And I'm not kidding you, 40 minutes after I published, I get an email from a guy named Andy Traub. And Andy Traub says, hey, Cliff, I listen to your podcast all the time. I saw your podcast as soon as it came out. I listened immediately. Just heard your, you mentioned Dan Miller. I happen to know Dan Miller. I'm a personal friend of his. And he would love to connect. Would you like me to introduce you? I can make this happen. And I'm like, seriously? Heck yeah. And so within one week, Dan Miller is a guest on my podcast. And in fact, you can go to mindsetanswerman.com, mindsetanswerman.com slash Dan Miller and you can hear the interview the very first time I ever had a conversation with Dan Miller was December 18th, 2009. And I got to tell you, that was like, I was a, I was fangirling. I felt like I was so nervous and oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that I'm talking to Dan Miller. This is insane. Um, and, and of course that goal was met and, if, and, there's a story that goes on after that, after that call or after that interview, he asked me if I would be available to set up a consulting, a podcast coaching session with him. And uh, then as a result of that coaching session, he says, would you like to come down to my home here in Nashville and set up a podcast studio for me? Uh, Joanne's gone for the weekend and you can stay in the guest room and we'll go out to a show here in Nashville together. And I spent the entire next day setting up this thing and we have become over the years, we are very close personal friends and have been that since. And it's like, not only was my goal achieved by believing it's possible, writing it down and telling other people about it, I didn't have to go into step number four. Step number four just happened. Uh, you know, work the plan. It's like, okay, well, yeah, okay, Andy says this and that. And okay, yep, we're, we're good. But uh, anyway, that's how Dan and I met. 
And what happened as a result of just knowing Dan, Dan had sold millions of, over a million copies of this book, 48 Days to Do the Work You Love. He had a very wildly successful podcast as far as people who were loyally devoted to the work, the the message he was putting out in his podcast on a weekly basis, and he still does today. I've been subscribed ever since. It's been one of my top podcasts I've ever always been subscribed to. Never miss an episode, and so um, because of his podcast and what he, a majority of the people who listen to him are looking to find some way to either add a little side business or build their own business, doing the work they love full time as their career. And they're like, Dan, you do such a great job in promoting and marketing your business, your products, your services through your podcast. Can you tell me how can I do a podcast? And Dan doesn't know how to do a podcast. He had somebody else doing it for him until I met him and then I took that over. Uh, but anyway, the the thing is, is that um, he was looking for people to refer and he, he had already known who I was. And I'm like, really? I had no idea. And he's like, yeah, I'd heard your name. I've been meaning to connect with you, and I'm glad we connected. And, and through our interactions, one of the things I'm sure he was looking out for is he's like, I wonder how this experience will be working with Cliff. And I assumed that his thought would be, well, if this goes really well, I, Cliff might be somebody I would refer people to. And the interesting thing I can tell you is that today, I still say this, I... I, I I haven't done the math on it, but I would say that 80% of all of my income today can still be traced back to one man, and that would be Dan Miller. Um, Because of how the people who hear about me today heard about me from so-and-so, who heard about me from so-and-so, who heard about me from so-and-so, and eventually it gets all the way back down to Michael Hyatt, who has also become a close personal friend. But how did that happen? Well, one day Michael Hyatt came over to Dan's house and says, hey, Michael asked Dan, Dan, let me ask you this. What is the one thing that you do in your business that has the greatest return on investment when it comes to marketing your products and services. And Dan says, hands down, a podcast. Really, you think I ought to have a podcast? And Dan's like, you absolutely must have a podcast. And, and he says, well, what? how do I go about to, doing that? Dan says, don't even research it. There's only one person, Cliff Ravenscraft. I'll connect you. And then right there, Dan says, hey, he sends me an email and he says, uh, Cliff, Dan here. I'm in my office and my Michael Hyatt's here visiting and he he just asked me this question. I told him this and and here I am introducing the two of you. He's CC'd on this. I'll let you guys take it from here. And he sends it off and I'm like, awesome. And the next thing you know, uh, like a week and a half later, I'm sitting in Michael Hyatt's office down in Franklin, Tennessee. And so th- these people with huge platforms, this my life was radically altered. Oh, man. Dan has had such a profound impact in my life in so many different ways. I, I got to tell you guys, y- you should subscribe to the podcast, 48 Days Online Radio. Just look for Dan Miller or 48 Days in your podcast directories. Subscribe to a show. But listen to this conversation that I had with Dan just today, and and you'll know why I'm excited to feature him at the Free the Dream Conference. Dan Miller, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent. Awesome. I I try to stay that way, Cliff, but I just get up every morning just excited about the day. You know, I do as well. I've found ever since I read The Big Leap, which by the way, thank you for that book recommendation. 
<laughs> you really immersed yourself in that, baby. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I finally got around to reading it. And as you know, I, I made the big leap. I, I, not only, I not only got rid of everything related to what was in my zone of excellence, which is podcast coaching and consulting. I even offloaded doing podcast production for you onto somebody else. <laughs> Ed, I gave you a book recommendation and you dumped me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I have a I have a strange suspicion that you are served extremely well by our great friend Jody Smith. Oh my gosh. He's amazing. Absolutely. He's opened my eyes to some things and we've taken on some new ventures together. Yeah, he's been great. Thank you so much for setting that up. Oh, it is my pleasure. Well, I'll tell you what, Dan, I have brought you on in the series of conversations that I'm having here in the podcast where uh, the purpose of these conversations is to introduce my audience, those who don't yet know who Dan Miller is, who is this guy and how does he show up in the world and why am I so darn excited to give you uh, a session on my stage to speak to my community. That's why you're here today. All right. You know, there's a presentation I do that's titled, you know, who am I? Why am I here? You know, <laughs> you know what? Will you tell that story? I love that story. I, I think it's a great anecdote. The, the story of who, yeah. Tell, tell that story that you, that illustration that you always give. Oh my gosh. You're talking about the, the little rabbi that would yeah. walk in. Front of, oh my goodness. Ah, uh, there was a rabbi who lived just outside of Capernaum who would stay in his little cottage and study and think and contemplate and meditate. But a couple times a week, he'd go into the little town for supplies. So he went into town and being a rabbi, you know, loved to get involved in discourse, conversations with people. And all of a sudden he realized time had slipped by. It was already getting dark and he needed to get back home. So he headed back home and uh, walking along, reciting scripture out loud to himself, you know, just thinking, lost in thought. And all of a sudden a voice came out and said, stop, who are you? Why are you here? And he thought, wow, he kind of gathered his thoughts. He thought, Did I, am I hearing voices? There's nobody on this path going back to my house. And he started walking again, and again the voice came out, stop, who are you, and why are you here? Well, then, in being able to see a little more clearly, he realized he was right in front of the, the Russian garrison, and the voice came from a young sentry. Well, being a rabbi, he answered a question with a question. He says, young man, how much do they pay you? to stand here and guard this post. The guy says, you know, a hundred denarii a week. And the rabbi said, I will double your pay if you come with me and every morning as I leave my cottage, ask me those two questions. Who are you? Why are you here? That's the story. And yeah. And so it's, it's a worthy question for all of us. Well, you know, Dan, I was just recently listening to some old archives of a podcast I did called Pursuing a Balanced Life. And specifically, I was listening to archived content from 2000, uh, let's see here, 2000, I think it was 2008. So it was the first year I was in business. And I realized back then I was, I, I know what it was. So I was recently uh, faced with somebody at Planet Fitness and I went in one day and, they, and I, they said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing awesome. How are you? And the guy looks at me and he says, it's Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so I was having a conversation just recently with another speaker and, and I titled that episode, It's Friday. Because in the, in the whole thing I was saying is like, man, it has been so long 
since I've had that mindset, but I, but I totally understand it, but I'm, but I'm so far removed, I can't even imagine having that, that, that attitude ever anymore. And, and I said, but man, do I, I, I just barely remember it. And what's so funny is that episode recently, which was released just in the last couple of weeks as compared to when this one's released, and I was looking through my archives just to remind myself of how I used to think a lot. And so I, I you know, what was my mindset back then? And I found in a 2008 uh, episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life, and it was titled, It's Friday. <laughs> Actually, wait a second. No, it was 2007. Okay, I know for a fact it was 2007, and it's because I hadn't yet left my day job. And it was titled, It's Friday. And, and I, I hit play, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, guys, welcome to another episode. Man, am I glad it's Friday. Oh. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was me. So, um, and, and what I realized, and this all goes into your story the, and, and of that specific question. What I realized is that I was talking about the fact that I, I desperately need to do something in my life because I am so stressed at work. I'm so, so, such and such. And I, there's this guy that Dan Miller has been talking about in his podcast called Michael Hyatt. I have no, and I, this is literally back then. I was like, I have no idea who Michael Hyatt is, but Dan speaks of him so highly. So I've been listening to his content or I've been reading his blog and there's these things called life plans, which I've never, I've heard of a business plan, but I'm going to do a life plan and I just need to set aside time. And next thing you know, I listened to another episode about a week later and I'm still stressed. I'm still like, like burned out, candle burned both ends of the stick, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, I still haven't had a chance to set aside time to do this life plan thing. I don't, you know, hopefully this week. I listened to another episode a week later, and I'm still stressed, and I still haven't done it. Finally, four weeks later, I get into a podcast episode where I said, guess what, guys? I'm so excited. I have this dream, this vision. What would life be like if I could leave insurance and do podcast-related stuff for a living? Mm-hmm. And I realized it wasn't necessarily the template that Michael Hyatt gave but it, but it, I did dump, I did dive deep into the template that Michael Hyatt gave away for free on how to develop your own life plan, and and I and and here's the thing, it's not so much the template as much as it was. I realized there were two questions that it prompted me to ask myself. Number one, what do I want from life? And number two, what would it take for me to achieve it? Mm, great questions. Anyway, your rabbi story reminds me of that. Well, once you get clear on that, who are you and why are you here? Uh, Like dominoes start to fall over because clarity of vision at the front end helps the reality come into view every time. Dan, there there is a multitude of reasons why I'm excited that you're speaking at the Free the Dream conference. Uh, One of the reasons why I created this conference was because... I want people to be able to experience much of the the access to the resources and the insights and the the types of things that have helped me achieve success in ways that I never dreamed possible before being exposed to that information or those resources. And you're one of the most valuable resources that I've had over the years, especially early on. Uh, your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, as you know, I've told you countless times that it has radically changed my mind about what work is. I used to think that 
to be able to feel good about earning money, you had to work hard and and the actually the the more you hated the work that you did, the better you should feel about the money you earned getting it. Ouch. Ouch. And <laughs> and, and, and I remember when I left my career in insurance and I'm sitting here doing podcast related stuff back then I loved it and and I was I, at the time I was only charging $50 an hour, but I felt guilty because I just spent I spent an hour talking to somebody and I'm like, that wasn't work. I just had play. That guy just paid me 50 bucks. And, and all I did was sit around and talk about stuff. I would have ta- I would have paid him 50 bucks to listen to me talk about it. And I felt, I felt so guilty about sending the invoice until I read your book. Do you find that other people struggle with that, that concept? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially of people of faith often do because we kind of think that you know if we enjoy something it ought to just be our ministry and then we go do the dirty work something we hate just to be responsible so we counterpose those two things if it really comes easy and we enjoy it it's probably just in the godliness category but not something we do to provide for our family that was a big hurdle for me i mean something that i enjoyed so much and it seemed to be just a ministry gift, just helping people get clarity in where they were going. But to then start charging for that, that was a big barrier. My dad was a pastor. He came out of the tent-making ministry background, so he was never paid for that. You do something else to provide for your family. So that was the dichotomy that I was raised with. And when I started gently opening the door to charge people for something that I enjoyed so much anyway— what happened, rather than those people being resentful, well, now instead of just being the nice guy at church, now you're going to charge us for it, it worked the other way. It was like a dam broke. People lined up because now they saw me as a real professional, as somebody they really could trust with their challenging life issues, rather than just the nice guy that they saw in Sunday school. It surprised me, but the verification of that has continued Years and years later, the same thing. And I have pastors. I mean, one of the big groups, affinity groups of people that I've worked with over the years has been pastors. They come to me. I don't have any discounts for pastors. They come and they pay to get advice that they know can help them get on track. One of the things that you're doing these days is your 48 Days Eagles program. Do you want to tell people a little bit about what you're doing there and what is the offer there for them? Sure. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that. I like to try new things, Cliff, as you do, but I try things a lot. A few years ago, I decided I would try a high-level mastermind. Well, I knew that I wasn't going to just open it up for anybody that wanted to be. I only invited people where I had history with them, people who I knew over an extended period of time. Well, that's been a really good model, one of the best things I've ever done. But I also wanted something that would reach Uh, the beginners, the people who are just like you sitting there in the insurance office thinking, man, I think there's something else out there. So I wanted something to give those people daily encouragement and the kind of synergistic lift that being around other like-minded people does. So we started a community, 48 Days Eagles community. It's a low membership fee. It's $36 a month. People get in there, and these are the people who say, you know, if I had a little bit of encouragement, I think I could develop as a coach or a speaker or as an artist or an inventor 
or just move up in the job that I have, get a better job, get a promotion, know how to negotiate salary. Those are things we address in there. And we have people who have skills in those areas, paying members who have skills in those areas. So I started that about 18 months ago. And I love what I see happening because I don't live in that space. We have a closed Facebook group for our primary interaction. And I don't just live on that. You know, it may be six hours since I've been on there. And then I go on and see that somebody asked a question. They already got 12 pieces of advice from competent people in the community. I love that. Just seeing how people can come together and help each other and do so, so willingly. So it's not just me. It's not group coaching. It's just providing an umbrella where people come together, share ideas and resources willingly and it works beautifully. So we're at about, well, we're, we're at about 650 people as we're speaking here. Now, I haven't done a whole lot to push that, but as I learn the mechanics of that and learn what people respond to, sure, we're going to grow that. And and I with that, I mean, I fully intend to get that to 2,500 members. That's my goal. Everybody knows that, 2,500 members. Well, you do the math on that. Yeah, that's that's a million dollars a year from that that one thing. That's significant. But that's where I think the community will really flourish in terms of having established leaders in areas. We've just promoted a couple people to dean of coaching, dean of speaking. So we're bringing in people who have high levels of competence to guide others in the community who have a desire to excel in that area. Yeah. And one of those is Giovanna Ellison, obviously. And she's also speaking at Free the Dream, which is cool. She is. What's she going to speak on? Uh, Giovanna Ellison is change your um, let's see here, change your thinking, change your life, and it's basically helping people shift to um, the importance of shifting to an abundance mindset. Ah, well, she's amazing in that space. She will rock the house. Yes, she will. Oh my. Yeah. Yep. So another thing that I, I'm really interested in in your story, knowing that there are a lot of people in my community, believe it or not, Dan, over the years, I've been mentoring and coaching people who are in their late 50s, 60s, and even early 70s. And, and here I am, 45 years old, mentoring these people through, through things. And I would love for you to speak to uh, some of those people in that age group who feel like, man, I've already invested so much of my life into this career path. I'm, let's just say they're making $120,000 a year. And, but, but they're, they're exchanging five days a week of unfulfilled living to, to come alive and experience life on the weekends. Or in some cases, I hear some people have expressed it to me. I work 50, 50 hours a week or I'm sorry, 50 weeks a year, so that two weeks a year I can go and fully live a life, a life that I love on vacation with my family, and I, and I get to fully experience that. Um, there, One of the mindsets that I see from a lot of these folks is that it's just way too late in life to create this newfound internet-slash-based business stuff. Yeah. But your story is unique. This Even the fact that you've got a... Uh, gosh, how many how many books have you sold for forty eight days to the work you love? Uh, that's at about one point six million. So one point six million copies of this book. Uh, it's a New York Times best selling book, I believe, as well. Isn't that right? Yes. Uh-huh. So you've got this, but at what age did you did this brand this business that you have today? At what age did that happen for you? 
Yeah, I was 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people like to think, you know, that this just was a linear development. No, my gosh. I mean, I grew up on a farm, but uh, discovered that I was an entrepreneur from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. So I did a whole lot of different things. And uh, some worked extremely well, and uh, some did not work so well. Like the cashews? Yeah. <laughs> My cashew machines. That, well, I was 18 years old. Learned some painful lessons with that. Yeah. But when I was about 45, I went through a business disaster. I had built one business on top of, of another and lines of credit at the bank and so on. And some things changed. And that whole thing came tumbling down, sold a business at public auction. I thought I'd at least get out with the skin in my teeth, and it turned out not to be the case. Woke up the next morning and realized I was about $430,000 in debt. So it took a long period of time to work out from that hole that I had created. A lot of people at that point would have just said, hey, it's over. And the interesting thing is at that point, Cliff, as you know, I had a couple choices involved. I mean, looking at that debt – I mean, I was employable, I suppose. I mean, I've never had a real job, so that question is still out to the jury. But I had a master's degree in psychology. I could have gotten a job teaching at the university or something like that, you know, making $60,000, $70,000 a year. But I couldn't get the math to work. I had three small children. How would I ever eliminate that $430,000 in debt, provide for my family, and get ahead? And I knew the only option that made sense was to just roll the dice again as an entrepreneur. Get back in the game, something there where there was absolutely no guarantee, but you know what the other half is? No ceiling. That's what I did. So I got back into the game. Now, it still took me longer than I anticipated. I mean, when I was 52 years old, I was flat broke, and I was thrilled, meaning I had gotten back to zero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got back to zero, and it was one of the happiest days of my life. I mean, walked into my office one morning, and the fax machine, back when we had fax machines, started peeling off 14 pages of IRS lien releases. And at 52, I was a free man. Most everything that I've done that people recognize me for today happened since then. At 52, that happened. I was 57 when 48 Days to the Work You Love was published in hardback form when it first came out. Wow. And so much has happened since then. But it's, it's typically like, like the hockey stick, you know, where success usually is not just a linear kind of thing. You learn lessons. That's why, relative to your question now, I'm a big believer in allowing life to help us learn things in the early stages. I tell people that are 35 years old, you know, the biggest value of those first three or four jobs you had probably are in helping you clarify what you don't want to do. That has a lot of value. Don't think that you have to find the diamond that you're going to continue doing for the next 40 years. Nah, just value the experience. There's not much you could do in those early years that I would consider a mistake or wrong. Then, I tell people, especially guys who put so much emphasis on their work, if we can at 50 years old sit down and take a fresh look at where you are, how God has uniquely gifted you, create a clear focus for your passion, for your most valued talent, we can go into the most productive 
two decades of your life. And I see that unfold again and again and again. And that's certainly been the case in my life. My goodness, what I'm doing at this point, I mean, I've never been so excited about getting up in the morning, never been so fulfilled, certainly never have had you know the financial kind of income that I've had that I have today. I mean, it's, it's kind of humbling growing up as a poor farmer's son who farmed just to be responsible to eke out a living, didn't enjoy that or pastoring, incidentally. That's another story. But to recognize that on a good day, you know, I generate more income than my dad ever made in a year. Well, I mean, things work well when you really do discover your passion, discover that sweet blend between passion, talent, and money. And those don't conflict with each other. They embrace each other. And when that happens, every day is enjoyable. Absolutely. And that should be a huge encouragement to those who are older among us that are wondering whether or not they can get a start. And God, even for somebody, I'm, I'm 45 years old. And you know what, how I, that encourages me, Dan, is to think this is, you know what, if it, I, I, that tells me that over the next 10 years, judging by Dan Miller's experience in life, and I, and I trust you immensely, I could totally screw up the next 10 years. and I still got hope. <laughs> you know, there's somebody who was a mutual friend, and I won't put him on the spot, but he was speaking with another friend recently, and he says, boy, I just feel like crap. He was being very explicit in how he talked. And the guy says, why? He says, well, you know, I've been listening to Dan Miller. And the guy says, well, why, you know, why is that discouraging? Well, the guy said, I feel like I've peaked. I don't know what else I could possibly do. He's 35 years oh, old. Wow. 30, he says, I really don't know what else I could do. I feel like I've done my best work. And then I see somebody like Dan Miller. He's starting things. He's initiating things. He's going new places. He's never gone. He says, well, I really have that kind of motivation when I'm his age? Well, I don't know, but my goodness, hey, learning accelerates. It's not something we reach. Uh, it's not like a bell curve. We hit a top or, or productivity. I mean, when you think back a hundred years, if you and I were laying railroad ties, yeah, our ability to do that well at 45 years old is going to start to diminish, but now we're in this space where we're encouraging and uplifting people and creating information that inspires people and pursuing new ideas. My goodness, I want to be on an upswing the day I die. Yeah. I, I talked to somebody today, Cliff, I had a uh, a very prominent businessman, he's a bazillionaire, who called me with the question of whether I would be interested in selling my business. He's a very big brand, and he thinks that his business ought to have a career coaching arm, and he doesn't want to start to some scratch, he wants to get an established business. Well, we had a very interesting conversation. I certainly respect this gentleman, but well, I'm just not ready to step off into the sunset. I've got things I'm just starting. I'm I'm about a, Joanne describes me as a three-year man. I, things really keep my energy for about three years, and then I'm looking around. What What's next? What else can I do? And I, I look for the next thing that I can jump on and have fun with. Another thing that I, I love about your story that inspires me, we, we both have mutual friends who are in our space of online entrepreneurial style businesses. And some of our, some of our mutual friends have built businesses where they have, well, I mean, Dave Ramsey has how many employees now? Do you know? Over 600. Dave Ramsey has over 600 employees. Uh, we have um, 
you know, Michael Hyatt has a business. I, I don't know how many employees he has now, but he has a growing number of employees as well. And and so there's certainly there's this trend over there. And and you know, one of the things that I think of in my own business pursuits is like, is it possible for me to achieve my dreams of where I want to go? But if 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 I if I do that, am I one day going to and here listen to the language? Am I one day going to have to manage a team of tens or hundreds of employees? Whoa! See, you've already given insight into where that conversation ought to go. There's a temptation, and certainly traditionally. We always thought that to build a business, you get bigger buildings and more employees. I mean, that's really what I thought in the early days of being an entrepreneur. And that's what I was doing when I had that big crash. It was in that crash that I was able to recognize, wow, there are ways you can scale, ways you can exponentially increase your impact without having buildings or employees. Now, you mentioned Dave Ramsey. Dave and I have been friends for 30 years. Um, I just got a note from Dave just a few minutes ago here. We're working on something. But Dave Dave and I planned out where we wanted to be. We were both coming through horrendous disasters, deciding what we were going to do when we grew up and put our big boy panties on. We're both exactly where we wanted to be and how we outlined it 30 years ago. Mm. He has 600 employees. He's building a brand new campus on 47 acres just south of Franklin, Tennessee here. It's going to be, you know, unbelievable. Oh, it's going to be like a Google campus. I work out of a converted barn in the middle of a cow pasture. The thought of coming in and having 20 employees to manage makes me want to throw up. Dave thrives in that space, but that's the key to what you're saying if you think that you have to take a business in a direction that's not appealing to you just in order to grow, you're kidding yourself. Yep. Don't ever build a business that you don't want to run. Well, I, yo, I, go ahead. I know exactly what I want my business to look like. And I mean, this is it. You can come see me and get a sense. This is exactly what makes Dan Miller tick. And that's all that it does. It doesn't, there's, it, it's not, this is the way to do it, or Dave is the way to do it. No. What Dave has done says a lot about Dave Ramsey. What I've done says a whole lot about Dan Miller. And knowing yourself, see, 85% of the process of having a confidence of proper direction comes from looking inward. The more know you about, know you about, about yourself, the more on track you're going to be with how you build your life and business. Yep. Yep, and that's that's one of the reasons I love I'm I, I love following you, Dan, and I'm inspired by you because I I can tell you right now I have zero desire to manage a team of employees. It's just not it's not what I have in my mind, and I love the fact that I mean you have a team of people, but they're all contracted workers. Sure, yeah, I don't mean to imply that I do everything. That would be ludicrous. Yep. I, I would I would hate my business if I did that. Even in a small business like I have, Cliff, there are probably 20, 25 things that need to be done. I probably do two or three of those pretty well. That's where I spend my time. Yeah, yep. I have a very competent team around me. I have seven real key people that I depend on a lot for things that get done on a consistent basis. So yeah, it's not by myself. It's just that it's structured in a way where I don't have to walk into staff meetings. Nobody comes to my office to disturb my solitude and quiet. 
it's still set up in a way that I enjoy it. I love that. We were talking about, you know, finding direction, being clear, being true to yourself. It may not happen when you're 18. It's not like it happened. I don't like to coach people who are 25 years old because I don't think they've had enough life experience yet to really be able to ask the right questions. That's why I like working with people who are 45, 50 years old, because we can draw from the rich experience they've had, even if it's been unfulfilling and is frustrating at that particular point. It still has value in clarifying. I work with a lot of physicians, attorneys, dentists, pastors, people like that by virtue of their academic experience and work experience feel trapped in what they're doing. No, not at all. But when we make even what appears to be dramatic changes, we still validate that background. They can go into things where they utilize the background experience they had, even if they're never going to again have their hands in somebody's mouth or stand behind a pulpit on Sunday. So this is an ongoing process. When you talk about, you know, free the dream, oh my gosh, that's something that can happen when somebody is 18 or when they're 88 years old. And I've seen certainly lots of that on both ends. You know, free the dream when it came to marketing this event, I I had to draw a stake into the ground of who my target audience is, what's the clear message of this event and and I and I very much made a decision. This is somebody who has lived a lifetime as an employee that that they really have no entrepreneurial experience to draw from but yet they have created some sort of hobby on the side or some kind of platform, a blog, a YouTube channel, a podcast, whatever the case may be. As a result of that, they got kind of got a little taste of something that might be possible and it's awakened something inside of them. And they've, they're like, I, they have that question. I wonder what life would be like if I could do this instead of what I have as my employee career. So that's, that's where I focused on, on Free the Dream. One of the things that I I hear from you, of course, you're 48 days to the work you love, and a lot of people come to you and they they think that we all we do is we promote everybody should be an entrepreneur, get rid of that ceiling on your income, go out and start your own business, but that's not the case. I don't believe it, nor do you. I'd love for you to speak to the people out there who who say, you know what, I love you guys, I love your mindset, I love your positivity, I love your hope, but I just don't feel like owning my own business is my thing. Oh, and that's very, very legitimate. I cringe when people present this as like a pyramid where at the very top is the entrepreneur and at the bottom, you know, is the lowly employee. I don't view it like that at all. I view this as a horizontal spectrum. Yeah, we can go from left to right where we have a traditional job where you go in at eight, five, you know, get a paycheck, 401k contribution and so on. You know, then we go all the way down to the other end and we've got some, you know, kid who puts up sports information on the internet, spends two hours a day doing that and he makes $200,000 a year. You know, none of this, none of the characteristics of a traditional job at all, very unstructured and all that. So we have that continuum, but you can find where you fit. Somebody who has been in a traditional job may have a real clear area of expertise and decide they're going to do consulting in that area. So they come out and they have a few clients, legitimate model, subtle change to work model. My bookkeeper used to work full time for a company. She decided she wanted a little more freedom in choosing who she works with. So she has about eight clients like me, but instead of having just one client, 
like she had when she was an employee. She now has eight. But again, she does the same kind of work she was doing, just a little bit tweaking the work model. You may decide, you know, I want to be in something where I'm kind of can make my own decisions, but I'm terrified about being that entrepreneur. Well, you might look at a franchise. I mean, you get a Chick-fil-A, you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. You're going to get a whole lot of support and guidance as to what works and what doesn't, even though you have the freedom of having your own business. So there are, there are places along that continuum. My goal is to help people recognize there is that continuum. So if somebody has been in a job for 20 years, getting a paycheck, and they lose their job, my thing is don't just polish your resume and go get another job. Look at all those other options. If in doing that, you recognize you love the idea of being part of a team, then by all means embrace that. I uh, spoke at a conference last year, and it was for Amazon sellers. And there was a young gal, real attractive gal. Came up, she said, man, I got into this Amazon space, and I mean like six months, I duplicated what I was making. She was making in excess of $100,000. She said, it just seems you know so easy. Why am I not happy? I had a three-minute conversation with her, and I said, you need to go get a job. And she was like, what are you talking about? You know, isn't this a move up from that? I said, no, you like getting dressed up. You like the camaraderie of going in and hanging out with the team, being part of There's no shame in that. Do that and do that with excellence. Now, in today's environment, there can be combinations. So we have a lot of people in the 40 Days community who work full-time jobs who are spending 10 to 15 hours a week on a side biz, having a whole lot of fun, making extra money. Everything fits beautifully but we're not pushing them to go to that full-time. No, it's a side biz. So there are all kinds of combinations that we can have. Personally, I mean, I know where I am. Yeah, I'm way off the deep end there because the, the opportunities are just so ready, it seems, available behind every bush, and I just never run out of new ideas, things to start that I know will generate income. That should be an encouragement to those of you who hear us entrepreneurial type people talking about the fact that, oh my gosh, I can't imagine not taking the risk. And it's, I, I have heard people say, well, do you know how much of a risk it is to only have that one client that pays you? That, which if you think about it, a, an employed person, we're all self-employed if you think about it. Uh, right. the, the business is me incorporated and and those who have a, who are titled an employee they have one client that they rely on for all of their income is 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 what right. that so but the but the thing is is to not see that as a bad thing uh the i think what you and i are advocates for is not necessarily entrepreneurship although we are good advocates for entrepreneurship if that's your calling but what we're advocates for is living the life for which you were created and i believe well i'm going to i'm not going to put words in your mouth Dan but wouldn't you agree that we were all created to thrive in life. So if you're going to be an employee, you should be a thriving employee. And oh, absolutely. You, as an employee, you should experience joy in the work that you're doing. You should have margin in your life that, where you're not actually working all around the clock, uh, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. But we sh if you're going to be an employee, you should be thriving and you, you should be excited to get out of bed and go into that job on Monday morning. Totally. I mean, work is one tool for a successful life. It's not the only definition of success by any means. It's just one tool. 
But then the other criteria by which we measure success are going to come into play as well. If you're an entrepreneur and you're spending 80 hours a week on your business, you're sacrificing success in some other areas of your life. Guaranteed. It's physical. It's spiritual. It's in your relationships. Something else is suffering. You can't do that. So it, it's not just a matter of are you an employer, are you an entrepreneur? It's no. How are you living fully alive? Yeah. And that's something you can address no matter what your work situation is. Let me ask you this, though, because there are so many people I know, and it was a part of my story. There are certainly things that I know today that if I, if I knew back then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have worked as many hours as I did. But at the same time, it, it just seems like when you are just starting out and you don't know what you don't know, it just seems that most people's story is that they are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week for a season of life. Um, mm-hmm. What about that? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and yes, that does sometimes eat into other areas of success or other areas for success in life. So, but, but what do you think about seasons where, you know what, hey, for the next three months, I may actually have to put in a 60, 70, 80 hour week. Well, now that happens a lot if somebody is in transition. Okay. If I'm working with somebody and they are clear about what they're moving to and they're really ramping up something on the side that they want to move to and we want to get their income up to at least 50% of their current income, yeah, let's do that for 90 to 180 days. But let's not see this as a three-year thing. Yes, Let's see it as, yeah, okay, everybody ought to be on board. Spouse, kids ought to be on board, involved in the process. For six months, this is what mom or dad is going to do, and we're going to see the results. We're going to benefit from this on the other side. Transition, absolutely. Now, I, I love to work. I mean, I have to monitor myself still, and you know that feeling. Yeah. I have to monitor myself, but I, I allow myself 50 hours a week. That's pretty typical for me. Do I have to? No. You know, but, and am I looking for an opportunity to just slow down and, no, I'm not. I love, but that's a pretty good balance for me is that 50 hours a week, our kids are grown and gone. Joanne allows me that. She knows that I enjoy it. And uh, then I still have plenty of margin for the other things that I want to do. And the interesting thing is, is, I, I happen to know this, Dan, is you, you can allow yourself 50 hours a week, but most people might look in at your 50 hours and, and if they were to audit those 50 hours, they, they would be saying, wait a second, you called this work? <laughs> well, that's a good point because you may come by and I'm sitting out under the patio on a swing, you know, reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Well, am I working or am I playing? I mean, yep. it's something that I would want to do anyway. It's not a hardship, but it's something that in doing so, then I can pass on those principles to listeners and readers. So, yeah, my work and play are pretty seamless. But now, and, and they are beyond that as well. I mean, I, I'm just as likely, you may come by at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, find me out on my little John Deere tractor working on a new landscaping area, or out with one of my grandkids, you know, doing something. Well, I don't have hard and fast lines for when I'm working or when I'm playing, yeah. So it, it it comes and goes. It's it's a fun life. I I think the the real goal here for everybody is to find out who you are. What do you want? ask yourself the questions? Who are you and why are you here? And once you get that, then say, 
what do I want from life and what would it take for me to achieve that? Those, those, if you write those four questions down, I promise you this, if you're committed to coming up with serious answers, your life will not be the same six months from now. That's right. You know, it's the people who don't have that clarity about what they really want. I mean, I, I put up a note in the 48 Days Eagles just last week about, you know, it, if you aren't clear on what you want, don't complain about not being able to get it. I mean, a lot of people are complaining about where they are, but they have no sense of what the ideal would be. Well, that's where you have to start. What would be the ideal? And if you can define that, it's amazing how it can start to come into view. There is a there is a quote, and I wonder if I can find it real quickly here. Um, you know, our great friend, mutual friend, David Foster, passed away, unfortunately, a couple years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I love this one. He, he says, asking God for something that you are not willing to participate in getting is dumb and insulting. <laughs> <laughs> That's David. <laughs> ah, I love uh, it. So, so obviously, Dan, I think just from this conversation, people can get a, I mean, it's very clear who you are and your heart and also just the wisdom that you have from your experience and what you bring to the table. And it's why, obviously, you've been such an inspiration to me and why I want to, to bless those who come to this conference with, with your talk that you're going to give. Real quickly, what is it that you'll be speaking on at Free the Dream in September? Hold fast to dreams. Golly, coattails right on your theme, but it, it comes from an old Langston Hughes poem where the first stanza is, hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is like a broken winged bird that cannot fly. I love the visualization of that. But you know, I hear a lot of times from people who say it's painful to have dreams. And the question seems to be, wouldn't they be better off to just be content with mediocrity, to not have big dreams at all? Or even further down that pike cliff, they say, if I try something and fail, wouldn't I have been better off to have never tried at all? That's a tough issue. Well, my answer is no. Certainly, I mean, there's really no such thing as failure. Either you win or you learn. Those are the only two outcomes. So in those things that other people may see as failure, you got to see them as learning experiences. And without those, your life is going to stay the same. But with those learning experiences, you have opened the door to new possibilities. So it's hold fast to dreams. I love it when people come to me feeling stuck, but they have a dream. Wow. Well, I'm super excited that you'll be sharing that message. I know I'll be sitting in the front row taking notes and I'm super excited for the opportunity to do that. Thank you so much for coming and speaking at Free the Dream. Ah, oh, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. I know where you're having it. It's a beautiful venue right here in Franklin, Tennessee. It's such a conducive space for thinking and dreaming together. So looking forward to it. I'm honored to be one of your presenters. Well, there you go, my friends. That was my conversation with Dan Miller. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, if you didn't know who Dan was before, you do now and you understand why I am so drawn to this man. He is so, you know, there's so many things I loved about Dan, all the things that we brought in there, but I'm just always motivated, always encouraged, always inspired. In fact, for those of you who are hitting rough spots, 
in your entrepreneurial journey. You're building your business and you're having those up and down emotional swings. I remember those. Believe it or not, even today, I still have a couple emotional swings up and down. I'm able to manage those a whole lot better today than I ever have before. I've learned a lot of techniques, some of which I may actually bring to the Free the Dream conference, may even do an entire session on how to control your emotional state. However, in the early days, I had some times where I was discouraged and I lacked self-confidence. My self-confidence took a knock for one reason or another, and and I will tell you, every time in my entrepreneurial journey over all of these years, if I ever felt discouraged, if I ever felt a lack of self-confidence, if I ever felt like, wait a second, maybe all the success I've had up to this point has been a fluke, and maybe I'm about ready to actually fail. Um, anytime I've ever had a thought like that, I've always been able to tune in to the latest episode of the Dan Miller 48 Days Online Radio Show, and when I did, I never ever ended that episode on a downbeat. I was always encouraged, always motivated, always inspired, and it was that lift that I needed to get my wings spread wide so I could go out and soar even higher. That is what Dan Miller has been for me, and that is why I have invited him to speak at the Free the Dream conference, because I want him to be that resource for you as well. So anyway, That's enough for all of this episode here today. I just wanted to make sure that you guys had a great feel for who Dan Miller is and why you should go and reserve your seat right now if you haven't done so already. Head over to freethedream.live, freethedream.live, and make it a goal to come and meet Dan Miller face-to-face for yourself. I look forward to seeing you in September at freethedream, freethedream.live.